Okay, let's look at Psalm 34 in verse 1. Let's read it together out loud if we would. Here we go. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let's do it once again. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The title of the message is The Practice of Praising the Lord. The Practice of Praising the Lord. David wrote this psalm at a time of great trial and danger. He was running for his life. He was trying to escape the murderous intent of King Saul. If you'll notice in your Bible the inscription, you see that he wrote this psalm after a time where he exhibited a lack of faith. It's kind of a bizarre story, actually, but look at the inscription. A psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. If you read the account, David actually feigned he acted like he was insane. To escape, he acted like an insane person. And so during this very depressing period of his life, he was still able to practice praising the Lord. You might say, Pastor Zach, I'm not acting insane, but I am going insane. I feel like, I'm, I feel like the circumstances are overwhelming re me right now. I, I feel like the circumstances in my life are getting the best of me. How can I live out this verse? How can I bless the Lord right now in my life? How do I change my tune from fear to faith? How do we go from sorrow to singing? How can we bless the Lord at all times? That's the message tonight. Some basic points. Let's look at this passage, this one verse. We'll, we'll consider some other verses, but this is the main focus. First of all, I want you to notice from verse 1 of chapter 34 in the book of Psalms, I want you to notice the choice of praise. We're going to look at this phrase by phrase, and I first want you to notice the choice of praise. David said, I will bless the Lord. He said, I will bless the Lord. Look at the person next to you and say that, everybody. Look at the person next to you. I will bless the Lord. Say it one more time. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Sounds like a choice, doesn't it? Sounds like a decision. Look at the next verse. He said, his, or the next phrase, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2, my soul shall, I will, I shall bless the Lord. It's a matter of choice. Praise starts with a choice. How do we praise the Lord? By a choice. How do we bless the Lord? By a decision, by an act of the will. I will bless the Lord. You say, but I understand that. I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like praising the Lord. Here's the point. Never underestimate the power of your will, enabled by the Holy Spirit, to conquer your fluctuating feelings. Your will is of a stronger constitution than your feelings, and the Holy Spirit can infuse your will with power to manage your mood. Do you believe that? If we don't believe that, we're slaves to our emotions. We're simply slaves. 
You say, Pastor Zach, I can't help how I feel. I understand that. I'm sensitive to that. We may, we may struggle with controlling our initial feelings, our instinctive and natural responses to things in life, but the Bible teaches clearly that we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, manage our consistent and regular emotions. We can. We can say, I will bless the Lord. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. What is the soul? The soul is the immaterial essence. You know this. It's the immaterial essence inside of us that animates our body. It forms our personality. It's made up of our intellect, our emotions, and our will. What are the emotions? The word emotion comes from the Latin word meaning to move. Do you see, see that in the word motion? Emotions. What is an emotion? It's the movement of our soul. It's that which gives us sensation. It, it's that which motivates us to action. And, and the Bible teaches clearly that the Holy Spirit can help us with that. The Holy Spirit connects with our spirit. He indwells the believer. And as we are filled and controlled with the Holy Spirit, he helps us to control our emotions. I want you to think about this. Think of the fruit of the Spirit. Say them with me if you know it, okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Think, think about this with me. How many of those relate to our emotional life? And let's take the last one. Just take the last one, temperance. The word temperance comes from a Greek word that literally means self-power. The power to control yourself. Now, it, it, it's ironic, I can't control myself without the Holy Spirit's control. So I need the Holy Spirit's control to control myself. But the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is temperance. And temperance Temperance helps us to manage our responses to life. Temperance will help us to modify our mood. So the Holy Spirit can help us to control our emotions, our consistent and regular emotions, to manage our mood. How many of you remember the mood rings? Uh, I know this. Oh, are they still selling those? Okay, they were real popular back in the 70s, the late 70s. And you'd buy this ring, and it had this colorful stone, and they would tell you on the package that it changed colors based on your mood. So that's what they told you. That was the, you know, the sales line. And so you, you, back in my public school, when I was in sixth grade, it was a big deal. Everybody had them. I had one. And so black meant you were angry. Remember? White meant you were bored. Okay? Uh, green meant you were peaceful. Uh, let's see. Purple. Purple meant you were having romantic feelings. <laughs> I'll never forget one time the kids in, in, in my class saw that my ring had turned purple. <laughs> and they go, hey, hey, look at Tim. He's having romantic feelings. They said something like that. And everybody's making a big deal. I said, no, it's turning black. <laughs> said, no, no, no. Oh, who do you like? No. Well, of course, I didn't know that. Uh, I, do, I know this now. The crystals in the ring simply respond to temperature. Okay? So it, it really has nothing to do with romantic feelings. I had none in sixth grade. Okay? 
That was a lie. <laughs> but you say, boy, Pastor Zach, in my moods, they fluctuate. They're, they're up and down. Yes, I understand that. But the Holy Spirit can help us to regulate those. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. The psalmist knew this. He was, he was in a hard circumstance. He was in a depressing, dangerous situation. And yet he was able to say, I will bless the Lord. Listen to these I will statements from the book of Psalms. Psalm 2-7, I will not be afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I will not be afraid. It's not talking about being afraid of snakes or an oncoming train. You ought to be afraid of that, okay? It, it's... It's a different kind, it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's kin, akin to doubt. I will not be afraid. Man, that'll help you through life. Uh, Psalm 5 and verse 7. I will come into thy house. I will worship the Lord. You know how we would say it today? I will go to church. I need to be in church. I'm going to church. I don't really want to go to church, but I will go to church and I will worship the Lord. Satan says, Satan says, isolate yourself. Satan says, hey, just get off by yourself, sit and sulk. And God says, why don't you go to church? I will go to the house of God and I will worship. Psalm 9 and verse 2, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will be glad. Psalm 13, 6, I will sing unto the Lord. Psalm 18, 1, I will love thee, O Lord. What is love? It's a decision to care for someone. I will love. Psalm 18, 2, I will trust in God. Psalm 30, verse 12, I will give thanks unto thee. If we can do all these things, certainly we can bless the Lord. So we notice the choice of praise, simply the choice of praise, I will bless the Lord. A spirit-empowered choice, I will bless the Lord. Let's look at the challenge of praise in the verse. So let's look at the next phrase, I will bless the Lord, and let's add the next phrase, at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Would you say that with me? I will bless the Lord at all times. When? at all times. That's a challenge. You say, I can bless the Lord, just not now. I can bless the Lord when things are going well. I can bless the Lord, just not at all times. That's the challenge. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What did Paul say? Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Later on he said, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. I'm glad he didn't say for everything, right? When I was going through cancer treatments, I wouldn't say that I thanked the Lord for cancer. And I know we have some in the church right now. And you're on the prayer list. We pray for you consistently going through chemotherapy, radiation, and we pray for you. And there's others with some serious illnesses right now in the church. You're dealing with grief or loss. The Bible doesn't say praise him for everything. It says praise him in everything. 
I wouldn't praise the Lord for cancer, but I would praise the Lord in cancer, and I did. And guess what I found? As I praised the Lord in the midst of the, the cancer, and God helped me to do that, I was able to look beyond myself and find avenues of ministry in the midst of my treatments. My writing ministry came out of cancer. My wife encouraged me to write a, a message that uh, I had preached to write it, make a book out of it, and that came out of my cancer treatment. I wouldn't have started writing had it not been for cancer. I wouldn't wish cancer on anybody, but it was the best thing for me. And so the, Lord's, the Lord tells us in everything, in all things, at all times, at all times. There's little faith needed when things are going well. To, there's little faith needed to praise God when things are going well. Praising God after a victory requires minimal faith. It takes a lot of faith. It takes spirit-motivated faith to praise God when things aren't going well, when we're in a trial. Job did. Now, Job struggled later, we know that, but it, his initial response was spot on. When he lost everything, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gave, the Lord took away. It's the fact that the Lord gave which made the loss a loss. So although I acknowledge the loss, I need, to, I need to acknowledge that the Lord gave it. The Lord gave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I came into this world with nothing. I'm leaving with nothing except what I've sent ahead, laying up treasures in heaven. But you know, really there's nothing I'm taking with me, tangibly. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praising the Lord will focus our attention in the right place on God instead of our problems. When we magnify God, we diminish our problems. When we magnify our problems, we diminish our God. So praising the Lord helps us to get the right perspective. It gets our eyes off ourself. Self-focus, that's the cause of fear. Our eyes on the Lord, that's faith. Praising the Lord helps us with faith. Yes, it opens up our heart. To believe. Praise, the Bible says, and I don't know, I don't know exactly what this means, uh, but it sure sounds good. Praising the Lord attracts the favor of God. What does God say? He says, I inhabit the praises of my people. When my people are praising me, I show up in a big way. When my people are praising me, in a trial, think of Paul and Silas. They're in the prison, they start singing, and God says, hey, let's do something big for these two. How about an earthquake? And God released them, allowed them to lead the jailer and his family to the Lord. God inhabits the praises of his people. Why wouldn't he? Now, don't get me wrong, we can't manipulate God, but do you think God wants to work when we're acting in a doubtful way? No, but when we worship him, he goes to work. He says, I inhabit the praises of my people. Does God need our praise? No, he doesn't need it, but he enjoys it. It's a blessing to him. We need it. And so praise turns our hearts in his direction and he takes wonderful pleasure in that. One pastor said it this way, we need to wipe out the woe is me's and start with some hallelujah habits. 
Look for what is right and not what is wrong. Move from a victim's mentality to a victor mentality. Let's learn to praise the Lord at all times. At all times. Amen. We see the choice of praise, I will bless the Lord. The challenge of praise, I will bless the Lord at all times. Number three, I want you to notice from the verse, the channel of praise. The channel of praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my, what's the next word? Mouth. Where is it, everyone? My mouth. You said, well, of course it is. Where else would it be? Uh, you know, there might be some, some that, that cannot use their mouth to praise the Lord, and God has given them other ways to praise the Lord. But they're the exception. Most of us have no problem using our mouth. Can I get an amen on that one? We have no problem with it. And so God says, here's the channel. David says, here's the channel of praise, your mouth, your mouth. Use your mouth to praise the Lord. Some Christians, let's pray for them. And of course, we find ourselves in this situation at times where we don't say much about God. We barely sing. We swallow our tongue when we have an opportunity to say a good word for God. And, and, and we're pathetic in our praise. The Bible says that what is in our heart comes naturally out of our mouth. What did Jesus say? Luke 6, 45. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance, the overflow of your heart. When your heart is in tune with God, it's going to come out of your mouth. You can't help it. Remember when the, the apostles were told to be quiet in Acts chapter 4? They said, but we can't help it. I'm paraphrasing. We can't help but say it. Well, we're going to beat you guys. We're going to throw you in prison. We're going to kill you guys. We can't help it. We can't help it. We have to talk about God. We have to speak about God. We have to witness about God. We have to praise the Lord. It's in our heart. It's got to come out. A wife expects her husband to say that he loves her, right? What if he said to her, you know I love you, honey, and if that chain ever changes, I'll let you know. You know I love you. I don't need to say it. If it changes, I'll let you know. She'd go, that's, a, that's not good enough. That's not going to fly. What's missing? Something's wrong. What's missing is this constant sacrificial expression that causes someone to stop what they're doing, stop focusing on themselves and their selfish pursuits, look someone in the face and say, I love you. And a married couple should be doing this constantly. Families should be doing this constantly. Brothers and sisters in Christ ought to be doing this constantly. And we should be blessing the Lord with our mouth. Someone has said this, if God's praise is truly in your heart, it will migrate to your mouth. It's got to come out. And, and so if, if we're struggling with our praise, something's not right in our heart. If we get our heart in tune with the Lord, it's going to come out of our mouth. That's the channel. It's the conduit. Everybody take your, hold your place here and take your Bible and turn to Psalm 145. I think you're going to like this passage. Psalm 145. God loves praise. He loves it exuberantly. 
He wants it glorious. Look at this passage. There's great Psalms at the end of, of the book of Psalms on this. Look at Psalm 145. We're not going to read it all, but we're going to look at a few verses. Look at verse 1. I will, there it is again, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I thought about that. That that's what this ministry is all about. What are we, what are we doing here? We are, we, are, we are praising the Lord to the next generation so that they'll carry it on to the next generation and the next and the next and the next. And the older generation is exemplifying this to the younger generation and they should see passionate praise, exuberant praise. And they, they'll catch it. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts and will declare thy greatness. Now look at verse 21, the end of it. We could go through it all, but look at the end. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. There it is. My mouth with my mouth. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. With my mouth. What is praise? It's an expression. What is praise? It's a statement of approval, admiration, esteem. It's a recognition of respect and gratitude and honor. It's a form of love. And if it's in our hearts, it has to come out of our mouth. It's got to come out. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to God. That passage is profound. It says that praise is a sacrificial act. It's a sacrificial act. It's an offering of sorts. I wrote down two reasons why that may be so. Reason number one, because our disposition is so typically tied to our own self-comfort, our own sense of comfort and self-interest. And so because we are, we are, by nature, our default setting is selfishness, to praise the Lord is a sacrificial act because we have to take our eyes off ourselves and look to God. We have to take our eyes off of what, go, what is going on in our life that is making us uncomfortable at the time. And we have to consider our great God and look to him. And so it's a sacrificial act. Number two, we are generally self-conscious. That's another reason. You see, praise deflates our pride. We have these negative emotions that we think we deserve. So it's a sacrificial act to put those aside and to not focus on the problem and focus on our Savior and praise Him. And then, and then, because we're generally self-conscious, it takes, it takes a sacrificial act to say, I don't care, honestly. Uh, I do care, but you know what I mean. I don't care what anybody else is thinking around me. I'm going to say praise God. Amen. Now, it, it's, it's easier to do in the safe confines of a church, I would hope. I would hope that all of us here have no problem with praising God, okay? 
And if you're singing with your whole heart, I don't think the person next to you would critique you on that. They would go, great, praise God. This guy's singing with his whole heart over here. I wish he'd be on tune, but hey, he's making a joyful noise. I'm going to help him. I'm going to sing as loud as he is and maybe get him on tune. Amen. But I hope we wouldn't judge each other here, right? It's easier to do in the safe confines of a church. But when you're out in public, hey, try this sometime. Okay, just try it. Maybe you do this a lot. Just say praise God when somebody says something. They give you a compliment. All right, whatever. Hey, 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 you're at Kohl's and they say, you just got $50 off those socks. That's amazing. And Kohl's cash. Praise God. <laughs> praise God. You're at the dentist and they say, you don't have a cavity. Praise God. <laughs> praise God. In front of your neighbors, at your workplace, if you work in a secular environment, in front of, in front of uh, friends out there that don't know the Lord, in front of unsaved family members, that's why it's a sacrifice. Because we're generally self-conscious and we're generally selfish. So we have to look away from our problems and praise God. We have to not think about what people think and just praise God. And God says when we do that, it's like we're coming to the altar. Now, the Bible's clear. The New Testament, in the New Testament, we don't have an altar. Okay, we don't have an altar in the New Testament. We use that language, but we don't really have one. And so, but let's picture ourselves doing that. We come together on Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, and we come with a sacrifice. Now, we're not bringing sheep. We're not bringing oxen. I'm thankful I, don't, I didn't live in that era. We live in the New Testament era, but here's what we do. We're coming on Sundays, we're coming on Wednesdays with an offering in our hands. We're coming with an offering in our hands. It's, it's the sacrifice of praise. It's the sacrifice of praise. It's the fruit of our lips giving praise to God. And we don't have to wait till we get to church. We can do this in our daily devotional life and in our walk with the Lord every day, we carry it around with us and here's what we do. We say, Lord, I'm giving you this sacrifice. I'm offering this to you. Jesus said this, and this is sobering. I don't want to end on a negative note, so I'll turn this positive, but Jesus said this, and it needs to be considered Whoever therefore shall be ashamed of me in my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in, in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Thinking positively, he's saying this. One of the characteristics of genuine believers is they're willing to make the sacrifice of praise. Genuine believers make that sacrifice. They're willing to identify with Christ openly and praise the Lord in public. It's the mark of a genuine believer because the love of the Father's in his heart and he just can't keep it there. It's got to come out of his mouth. And the love of his Savior and the appreciation of the Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy. And so every time you praise the Lord, every time I praise the Lord, we're putting our gift on the altar. We're pouring out our vessel. 
We're saying, Lord, no matter what's going on, <laughs> I sure don't feel like it right now, Lord. Um, despite what's going on around me, despite how challenging and, and hard things are right now for me, I'm looking past the problem. I'm getting my eyes off myself and people, and I'm offering you this sacrifice today. I'm giving you the sacrifice of praise. I bless you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for all the blessings of this life. Things that go by me and I sometimes don't notice. Thank you. The earth is full of your goodness and I bless you, Lord. And I offer you the sacrifice of my praise. Here's my offering. Here's my gift to you. And God said that is well-pleasing. We are said to bless the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening tonight. How is your practice? How is my practice of praising the Lord? Let's consider that tonight. How is our practice of praising the Lord? How will you bless the Lord? Will you bless the Lord by a spirit-empowered choice? And maybe you need to tonight say, Lord, help me. Empower my will to not focus on my problem, but to focus on you and make a decision to bless you. I will bless the Lord. When will you bless the Lord? Here's the challenge at all times. Let's all pray tonight. Lord, help me to be consistent in my praise. Help me to praise you when things are going well and when things aren't. Help me to praise you all the time. And then where will his praise be? In your mouth. Say, Lord, Lord, would you make my mouth, my lips, my words a channel of blessing, a channel of praise. Work it in my heart and then help it to come out of my mouth. When I have an opportunity to praise, help me to do it passionately. When I have an opportunity to speak for you and say your name, help me to do it with confidence and joy. Help me to be a witness for you, Lord. I pray that your praise will be in my mouth. Ask God to help you tonight to conquer your emotions, to control and manage your mood so that you can praise him, to have the faith to praise him at all times, openly and verbally, so that you can say with David, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth.